You know what I am. Say a Jew. Gesundheit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fansplainers. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is not a superhero movie. Or an animated movie. Yes. It's neither and or either. Not that we've done a lot of animated films, but it sounds like it could be an animated movie. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a Watership Down thing. <laughs> but it is not that. like that okay. film, A Watership Downer. That movie is, well, the book is bleak. Mm-hmm. The movie and the movie is also bleak. That's right, except for the bloopers at the end, which are pretty hilarious. <laughs> pretty hilarious. Although, what's weird about Watership Down? Not as bleak as Plague Dogs. Well, I mean, and look, that is even bleaker. when you see the box for. We're gonna we're gonna eventually get to Jojo Rabbit. When you get to the box of Watership Down, you see a couple of rabbits. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, this will be all right. Yeah, let's take a look at this. Sure. But if you're getting, look, if you if you pick up something called Plague Dogs, yeah. I mean, you get what you you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, the title does you let you know. Ask for it, yeah. yeah, you pick up Les Miserables, <laughs> and uh, you know this book is a downer. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, and good on you for uh, saying uh, thinking of the book when I thought of, of course, the movie and the musical, which means you're classier than I am. I, I you know what? I have read uh, Les Miserables in French. Uh, there was. And I, Suffered for it. I am, uh, this is my uh, only Les Miserables, I'm saying it wrong, Les, Les, Les Miserables, you can just, you whatever. You studied French, you L- tell me. Less Miserables. Right. Oh, I'm blanking on the gentleman's name, but he's a very funny stand-up comedian from, okay. uh, from England, and mm. uh, he was in uh, Black Books, but he wasn't uh, Dylan. I know who you he mean. He was the other guy. Bob Bailey. Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey, exactly. Won't you come home? There you are. Uh, my wife went to see a Bill Bailey comedy show that was going on in London, and they were playing next door to Les Mis. Oh, and, yeah? And he timed it so that in the saddest part of Les Mis, because the walls were so thin, yeah. he said, now, just turn towards that wall and laugh as hard as you can. <laughs> so uh, the people watching Les Mis would just be like so sad, and we'll see the saddest part of the show, and just hearing this roaring laughter. It's like, <laughs> like ghosts were laughing during the film. It was like a really wonderful effect. Huh. Yeah. Nice. And really sticking it. Sticking and it to really, uh, Celeste or also, whoever was in there. And, also uh, really Claudette. Thoughtful. Sorry, Claudette and, Claudette and, and Les Mis. Javet and... Javert? Was it Javet or Javert? I can't remember now. Who knows? All I know is that <laughs> pack of bread caused a, such a lot of love. It did cause a lot of First of all, pack of bread? It was a loaf of bread. What's wrong with me? Pack of bread? <laughs> oh, I like, boy. I like in your mind in, in pre-revolutionary it's a, France. It's a wonder bread. It's it was, a local wonder, wonder bread. It's a wonder bread It's got a the little shelf. tag with the date on it. <laughs> and I'm also picturing they've got milk in bags, Canada style. And it, by the way, it is pan du wonder. Really? Okay, very good. Uh, I don't care about uh, the sex life of the bread, Dave. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Jojo Rabbit, yeah. which is a film by uh, Taika Waititi. Am yeah. I getting that uh, name sure. correct? Sure. Uh, boy, I'm probably not going to throughout. Uh, and you'd you'd know him from uh, Cry of the Wilder People. You'd know him from What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, uh, very funny, very Go creative Go farther filmic. to his film Boy and uh, Shark versus Eagle. Sure, we, we can do that. Which in I fact, first, first read about in Film Threat. 
Oh, okay. Shark versus film, Eagle. Film Threat Magazine. Yeah. Not Film yeah. Threat Online, where I still I think it still exists. Is that right? That's right. And I feel like we're missing uh, we're missing something else in there, too. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Of course, Thor Ragnarok, which is probably one of the reasons that uh, this film is getting a little bit more attention than uh, the others. So the others did fine. Yeah. The others did do fine. You're right. But you had to... You had to you had to hunt for hunt for the wilder people. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go down to to uh, cross the line into Bellingham, into the United States. Cross to see the that line movie. being the border between uh, yeah, Canada had, and America. That's right. I had to go down to the United States to see during it these dark times. It just wasn't. Yeah, that's right. It just wasn't playing anywhere near me, so I I, I went across the line, and and saw it down there. So yeah, but this movie is playing in lots of places. Also, partly because Fox Searchlight, the uh, company that this film was released by, has a lot more clout behind it now than it used to. Mm-hmm. Now it is has Disney backing it, so they have some uh, say. They have some power. Disney's doing okay for itself. They're doing okay for themselves, yes. So, yeah, part of the continuing monopolization of Hollywood. Now, something about... Uh, now, what do they call the, the movie company Hollywood Pictures? That was like a hint. One day we will own Hollywood. Oh, that's how you. That's how. You, that's how mm. you do it. That's how you declare declare early. Like the Warner Brothers, one day they owned other brothers of theirs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And said, "Mom, make me some more brothers," and they did. <laughs> and then they owned them, and yeah. they put them in the water tower, and they became the Animaniacs. Mm. That's a true story. Okay. Now, Taika Waititi, if you've uh, seen his movies, and I haven't seen Boy. Okay. Uh, I have seen the rest. I think. Uh, I think I've seen the rest of his oeuvre. Um, you never know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Like you go into Eagle versus Shark. And you don't know what that's going to be about. No. You know, uh, what we do in the shadows. What's that? It's a documentary about vampires. Mm-hmm. What, and, and again, that felt like, oh, do we want to see this documentary format that's so done? Apparently I do. <laughs> Apparently it's great. Now it's a TV show. Ugh, do I want to see that? Apparently I do. Apparently it's really good. And so, yeah, the guy constantly surprises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He brought life back into Thor, which was a little bit of Marvel, uh, the dead fish of the Marvel universe, I would say. After Thor uh, yeah. 2, which was even, which was even, fine. Let's say, uh, to me, even Thor 1, which I thought was a bit of a bore, a bore okay. fest. Bit of a snooze. I felt like Hawkeye perched on, on his little uh, pole, staring down at a hammer. Saying, take the shot? Should I take the shot? No. Well, it's too bad. It'd be really interesting if I took the shot. So you don't want to do the exciting thing? No. <laughs> nope. All right. Fair Let's enough. Uh, but Wait yeah, your turn. he just jumped in, you know, both feet first on uh, Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. and just woke everything up and it was great. And what I liked about that was he's one of those guys like John Favreau who was in a Marvel movie that wasn't a great Marvel movie. So he was uh, not a Marvel movie, but in a superhero movie that wasn't a great superhero movie. He was in Green Lantern. Okay. He was, he was the sidekick in really? Green Lantern. Yeah. Who in the comic books what, the was one, racistly the... called Pie Face. Okay. Uh, because he was an Eskimo ah, at the time, as yeah. they said. Yeah. And so Eskimo Pie, oh, Eskimo sure. Pie Face, but he was his uh, mechanic. And so he played that uh, that part. And John Favreau, of course, was um, Foggy Nelson and Daredevil. And both of them were in superhero movies as the sidekick. And then later on would direct much, 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 much better uh, superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. Green, Green Lantern is such a weird misfire to me. This, on so many levels, yes. But partly because it's directed by Martin Campbell, who has directed two of the best James Bond, modern James Bond films, GoldenEye and Casino Royale. Okay, yeah. And why those projects work so well. And, I, you know, and I'll be honest, I really don't, don't like much else of the Daniel Craig run. Okay. I think they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. But yeah. they're not nowhere near as good as Casino Royale. So I'm going to put a, some of the credit to Martin Campbell's. You, you know, didn't like Skyfall, which was basically Home Alone for the last uh, third? Well, Skyfall, I mean, he loses. And it has the impossible element of a person who can guess like where a, where a subway train is going to be. 
you know, like, and then know that people are going to blow things. You know, yeah. it's, it's just too it's much. It's also you're getting, you're doing the Batman thing, uh, or you know, Christian Bale Batman thing of like, you know, third film in, and now uh, they're both a mess. They're too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and it's like three yeah. films in, are you? You're too yeah. old for this? Yeah. Because you were just starting two films ago. That's right. You you made it through two things, and now it's like, ugh, I'm retiring. It's like okay. Roger Moore did this, and he was wearing a corset. He sure was a full body corset mm-hmm. designed by Q. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Taika Waititi brought, uh, brought a lot of life into that Mm -hmm. and, and brings, brings life into everything that he does. He's a very exciting filmmaker to me. I never know what I'm going to expect. Uh, No, I I do know what I'm going to expect and that's not what to expect. Well, and you just go along for the ride. And it's usually a lot of good heart to the stuff he does. I think he has a really good sense of story. Most importantly, like he knows like how to put together a good story that, you know, has sadness and happiness to it hunt for the wilder people would be an example of that where spoilers everyone by the way this is a spoiler filled podcast so any movie we talk about we feel that we can spoil and i'm going to now spoil hunt for the wilder people for you if you have not seen it i recommend that you see that movie it is very good i don't think this will ruin the film for you because it is basically the the inciting incident but it is also very sad because the film opens with a young man being adopted into this family by a very kind, very loving woman who seems to understand him and opens up her heart to him. And this boy responds to it. And then very early into the film, she dies. And so it's a very, you know, has, you know, it's a real kind of gut punch. And then the movie goes from there, you know, and he doesn't seem to have issues with punching in the gut, you know, and uh, this movie was over. I turned to, uh, my wife and daughter and I said, well, it's been a long time since I laughed and cried at a movie. Mm-hmm. But this is one that I laughed and cried at. So, yeah, it's very, uh, he's very good at, you know, how how a story should work. He seems to understand it uh, in some sort of... And he can take risks that would take you out of another movie. In this case, there are some just straight out jokes, mm-hmm. like full on yeah. surreal jokes yeah. that uh, to a lesser filmmaker i think would uh would just say oh, well now i'm now i'm now i'm done like the you know you can't you can't snap back to reality and uh even though this isn't really a film that's based in reality no. um well let's let's get into it let's uh, get into as we do uh we usually start by saying did you like it let's just go with that sure i did as well very much i liked it a lot yeah i really really liked it this I- is possibly like my favorite film of the year so far this is up there Huh. You don't have to match that. I'm just telling you how I feel. Yeah. I, I can't even remember what movies I've seen this year. It's no Gemini Man. I'll give it that. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Well, that was double your pleasure, double your fun. <laughs> that's a good thing. Though this does have clones in it as well. Mm, it does. Yeah. That was a good little moment. Once again, that is a surreal moment. It's almost a throwaway game. And we will we'll get to it. And you're right. And that's In that case, it works because it is such a throwaway line that you don't... It doesn't... There's no... Con, you don't... They don't dwell on it it's just kind of passing by like a train okay well let's just get to that real quick there is a joke in here where uh they mention that there's clones and then we we turn and we see that there are a bunch of clones which is a very boys from brazil you know uh nazi nazi thing you know it's it's a it's a it's a sci-fi thing it's it's definitely a joke that's in the that's in the middle middle of the film (laughs) but uh you know you laugh and you the two jokes that are like that are the 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 taking care of the clones and then you look over and see the clones by the way the clones were played by uh the lead actor roman griffin davis's brothers who are twins oh okay so they doubled up on, okay. the, on them um and the other one was 
Uh, I said we need German shepherds, the dogs, not actual German shepherds. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. you see actual German shepherds, yeah. which is a straight Monty Python. Like it's just it is very much a gag. It's very much a gag. Which, but it's but then it kind of comes back later because they're fighting in the fall of Berlin. They're fighting against the the Allies. Yes. So the shepherds. I don't know if the clones were. Uh, were I don't didn't see the clones in that part of it. But it would be possible if there. Were, if the, well, it's I, a movie that bears re- rewatching. I think. I, I started off. Uh, doing improv and one of the things you get during the movie yes i started doing improv i was asking for suggestions for the audience they told me sit down shut up i went okay thank you and so i did it um but i started off doing improv but you improvise sitting down and shutting up yeah yeah and then i i I, said freeze and i did uh but one of the things you're told when you when you're starting an improv is don't go for the gag because the gag will uh, take people out of a scene, and mm. then you, you can never get them back. Sure. And uh, I disagree with that, because I think if you commit to a gag, you can actually make the gag part of the reality, mm-hmm. and and that is exactly what happens in, in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Like, it starts off with, like, when you when you went in to see the movie, you, you don't watch trailers, but you did no, see... No, I hadn't seen a trailer But you did film. see a poster. You mm-hmm. saw a poster of a guy... I knew, I knew what it was about. Right. I shouldn't... You know what? I don't... I don't never see trailers. I just, I just don't search them out. You avoid them. So if I'm like at a, if I'm, at, I like to see them in the movies. Like I like to go to the movies and watch trailers before the movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't, yeah, I don't want to watch like four or five different trailers. Right. Because I feel like then I'm really just like all the material for the movies being poured into it these trailers. It can be if they do it wrong. Absolutely. I didn't feel that they did that in the trailers for, for this film. That's good. But what did you expect to see when you were going into this movie, or did you have any expectations? Um. Actually, this movie was a little lighter than I thought it would be. Mm. Like, from what I, you know, when you read about, it's a movie that takes place in Germany during World War II, during the, during the, the, um, what would you call it? During the time, like sort of the downfall of Germany. So Germany is- The last days of the war. The last days, the war is slowly creeping towards Berlin, where these, where these characters live. And so I thought, I thought the film would be a lot darker, but because- and what what Titi does, which is really smart, and it's based on a book as well. So he's he's um, adapted a book for, for the screen. But it's what it, what is so good about the story is that it's from the children's point of view. So you don't really so what the adults are doing is often very mysterious to what the to, to the children, and so it's never really developed that much. So the more painful elements of the war, the lack of food, the you know people not returning from the war, the the you know the all these people losing their their family, their their sons and fathers. That kind of part of it is is sort of you know it's not really concentrated on because that's not a child's experience of the war. You know, like my a friend of mine lived across the street from a a man who was was German and he grew up and he was grew up in, during the war in Germany and so he was a young boy and he was part of he was a Hitler Youth right. member as everyone was. There was not there was no option. You were a yeah, when youth people member. used to say about uh, the previous pope that he was one of the Hitler youth and kind of come down on him for that, it was like, you know, countries couldn't resist this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You think the twelve-year-old yeah. had a shot? Yeah. Going, you know what? No, <laughs> get out of here. Right? Yeah, it was, it was this. Uh, that was what it was. And so, yeah, he was like a young, he was a 12, 12, 11, 12 year old boy, right. given a machine gun and told to guard a, and defend a bridge. You know, but which sounds horrifying. But what he said was. It was the best time of my life. You know, I had so much fun then because I had no idea what was going on. Sure. You know, because they didn't talk about it. Like, you know, the propaganda machine in Germany did not say, 
you know, the allies are encroaching. They kept insisting that the war was winnable. And there was and no that, uh, internet to go on and check. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't Google it. Are we winning? Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't. Uh, Hashtag you couldn't, Hitler. <laughs> you couldn't look it up. So, you know, it's just, and so this film kind of, kind of uh, draws from that sort of experience of that sort of ignorance or naivety, let's say, you know, because it's not ignorance. It's just your kids. You know, parents keep secrets from you. Adults keep secrets from you. And you're just too busy living your own kind of fun life that you don't, you know, like, sure, people are trundling around collecting metal, but it's kind of fun to go around and right. pull a wagon and try and collect Taken metal Taken to people. the extreme, 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 you get a film then with that, like Life is Beautiful, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, where a father is trying to create a reality for his child during yeah. that, which yeah. won all the awards and did the thing, and I don't think holds up as well as, as, we, as we remember the film when you saw it originally. It holds up for kids. Which is interesting. Oh, okay. Like I know with my my daughters watched it, and not you know not a, not me making them watch it, but I they watched it and quite enjoyed it as kids. So I think it works for children because that's the point of view of the movie. And I think as adults, we have a hard time removing the the horrible like the horrible reality of right. uh, of concentration camps from from what the movie is sort of glossing over. But it's glossing over it because that's what the movie is about. It's about a child's viewpoint of. Right something that he didn't really know about very because his dad is so artfully hiding this hor- horrible reality you know yeah this yeah. Mo- and this movie is the same i mean yeah i wasn't sure whether it was going to be a doctor strange love mm-hmm. uh type of satire or we're going to go hogan's heroes we're just going to make fun of the silly yeah. nazis that's what i read or it was a world it was, war ii satire or if it was going to be a wes anderson type film and i think mm-hmm. it almost leaned more towards wes anderson yeah in in style and the way it was uh it was well, shot ytd certainly drew from wes anderson for his early films and so i think there is still a sort of anderson touch to what he does i think he has a more individual voice now mm-hmm. But I think there is a certain amount of that. The action uh, with uh, with old with with modern music, but modern old music, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. classic rock playing yeah. while yeah. things are going on sure. that are uh, very intense and would normally have very different music seem mm-hmm. to seem to be uh, similarity between the two of them. Yeah, and he does the fun thing of having well playing "Come Give Me Your Dinah Hand," the Beatles German version of of "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Right, and that was how it opened. That's how it opened. Then. And then Helden at the end, the David Bowie's German version of "We Can Be Our Heroes." Yeah. So. So, what did you think of the opening with uh, with with the uh, with the with the Beatles playing over the Nazi uh, rallies? What did I think of that? Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the opening scene? Well, I think it. it I think it's. I thought it worked. Yeah, because yeah. I think it leads you into the tone of the movie, which is that we are seeing this movie. We're seeing what's happening from. An excite from exciting youthful perspective. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and a rally is a rally. A rally to a, and to a little kid. Yeah. A rally is the greatest thing in the world because it's full of marching bands and banners and and some guy yelling and it's just you know it's just great. It's so exciting and so 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 you know. And to a kid that's this age, I think he was like I think he was ten. Mm-hmm. You know, so he this is all he's known for the last you know five years, six years yeah. of his life. Yeah. You know, as far as back as he can remember. Well, yeah. If he's ten years old and we're near the end of the war. Hitler was in power before he was born. Yeah. So his whole life, Hitler's always been in power. And his whole life, he has been eating from the propaganda machine, the very effective propaganda machine that, you know, controlled how people viewed the, you know, the government and, and the reality, the, both the reality in Germany and outside of Germany was very carefully filtered, you know. So that's what he grew up on. Yeah. And the, and the opening to me, yeah, it was very strong. 
And it's, yeah. it's, it works because it's funny because it's so shocking mm-hmm. seeing these two just, juxtaposed mm-hmm. uh, images. Then, of course, the Beatles singing in German is like, what? What's this about? And if you don't yeah. know that the Beatles also, you know, sang in German, then it's like, what? Uh, they did two singles in German. And we'll, yeah. She Loves You, Sie liebt dich, and then uh, Come Give Me Your Deine Hand, which is both, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's very, it's very jarring to see that. And it's... and. And, and, and again, in, in which wasn't uncommon in those days, by the way. Oh, sure. Because you wanted to have like get into other markets and stuff. It was basically the Beatles themselves who put their foot down on re-recording songs in other languages that broke that tradition. Hmm. So, but later on, you had things like Monty Python would uh, do episodes of their show, and that in was German. strange, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But again, there's a there's a mark there to be had. Uh, but yeah, it works. It works very effectively, and you you get the you know because because you, you do think when you're watching old uh, Riefenstahl films, well, how could how could you think this was a good idea? How could you, in any way, this is obviously sure. horrific and these images yeah, are yeah. terrible. And, but you're like, yeah, as a kid, this is how you would feel. Mm-hmm. You would, it would lift you up. And so it's very chilling to, chilling to see that. It's chilling to see, like, you know, when you see rallies nowadays and you see people cheering for things that are horrific. And like, oh, yeah, you got a bunch of people in a room, like a big room. Yeah. This will, this will swoop you over, and that was, of course, the entire country. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought uh, very, very good, uh, very good opening. Uh, and so uh, we're introduced. And by the way, I'm looking over at Wikipedia. I'm going to tell you this is how we. <laughs> this listen. If you're over fifty, yeah, and you're doing a podcast, you're not going to be doing this from memory. No. So, by the way, if we get anything wrong, you blame Wikipedia. Please do. All right. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, we're meeting JoJo. And we're meeting his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, his father is is away. And there's hints um, that his father might not be, um, you know, pro uh, the Nazi side of things. Yeah. We kind of get that unfolding a little bit at a time. Sure. But JoJo. It's all, yeah, it's very nuanced. Yeah, JoJo is all in for uh, for <laughs> Germany. He, and He is uh, so Nazi all in friend. that his his imaginary best friend is Adolf Hitler. Right. That's how in he is. That's pretty, you know, that's, that's pretty uh, in. You know, if you're best best friend, your your imaginary friend. And Taika Waititi is, of course, uh, Hitler. Hitler does. Yes. Um, uh, borrowing a little bit, I think, from a uh, Mel Brooks uh, Hitler, because I think that's where we first found casual Hitler. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the silliness of Hitler acting like, you know, um, uh, kind of a, a comedian. Sure. Uh, I I went to Germany to do um, some signings when I worked on the Simpsons comics, and I met a, a comedian who was there, who was the first person to uh, play Hitler uh, on German television because there was a ban on it, and I believe it was like the early '90s was the first time that you could actually uh, be a comedic version of Hitler, and he did not have the swastika; he yeah. had a, a, a parody of the of the swastika, but he was clearly Hitler, and it was still. Uh, oof! You can't you can't be can't be doing any of this. Sure. And I know you and I grew up with our probably first impressions of Hitler were uh, Looney Tunes, and so you'd see yeah, this probably. comedic yeah. uh, cartoon character over the top uh, guy getting smashed by a mallet by by Daffy Duck. Yeah, you know, and so it's always been kind of a cartoon character to us, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, to 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 people to some people, it's a jarring image seeing yeah. the comedy Hitler. Of course, it's important to remember that. It's not actually Hitler. It's this boy's ver- view of a version of that's Hitler. That's right, yeah. Who changes throughout the movie that's to right. suit the boy's view of, of Hitler. Yeah. And there are times when he is kind of scary, I think, when he goes into a, a rant, mm-hmm. and it, like a yelling rant, where he kind of reveals his true colors, uh, particularly 
later in the film, and we won't, let's not jump the story too far, but later in the film when, when there's more at stake, he, you know, he attempts to control the boy through, through intimidation and through yelling, as he would do on, you know, at a rally. And you can kind of see the, the, that darker side to the character as well. So we also meet um, Jojo's best friend, Yorkie, the most adorable child in the world. He's great. Uh, he's basically, to me, he's, Jojo is the fanatic Nazi. Which wouldn't have been a great, a big part of the Rush, the Russian, the German population, you know. Like most people would have been like, well, yeah, whatever, you know. Is this what is this what's going on? And that's basically what Yoki is through it. Like he's kind of that that kind of middle, the kind of fat middle part of uh, of the population, you know, where you, you have your like you have your thin ends, mm-hmm. crazy crazy fanatic Nazis on this side, yeah, people deathly opposed to it on the other side, and then you got this big swollen part in the middle. Of people who are just kind of like, what? Uh, what can we do? Yeah, We're kind of right, here, gonna, yeah. And well, that's basically what he is. He you know? li- yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like it. But he doesn't like, like it. But he's like, what can you do? You gotta. You yeah, know. you gotta. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's that. And what's chilling about that? Because of course they play him for comedic value. He looks sure, like sure. a comedy character. Yeah, yeah. Which is, by the way, how you do this is like you. You definitely have someone who's a comedy character, mm-hmm. and then that's what makes it dark later on when when, when he's got to be going through stuff and you're yeah. like, oh, they might kill this character. Yeah, that's right. Because this is the character. <laughs> that you kill that like makes you now yeah yeah you know yeah but what 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 is so dark as you go on is you go like well this guy is just playing for laughs but then you think oh there are child soldiers and even if they're not child soldiers of that age they're like 16 17 Mm -hmm. they're they're kids no there were kids that age who were put absolutely but even if they were 17 18 those are even though we we picture you know Back in back in the day, that they would be more adult than we are now. They didn't really have that concept of being a teenager. Yeah. they're still kids. They're still eighteen, regardless. You know, even you know, uh, they don't know what's going on. They haven't lived life. All they've known is is this, and they're shoved out with a gun in their hand to 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 go and kill and do all this kind of stuff. It it really uh, pumps up the horrors of of war. Seeing this kid, and you, you pump it up through through comedy, mm-hmm. which is such a great way of doing it sure you know instead of just directly going this horrible thing it's like no no we're going to lead you in through this way and now it's going to soak into you deeper and uh yeah it's just so so well done it's dark that way it's also dark in the sense that you know that kind of personality is the reason that hitler is in power the reason that this is all happening is that person who is ambivalent or indifferent to what's going on and just kind of goes with the flow you know yeah he's got Obviously, the excuse of he never grew up knowing any different. Well, no, no, I, yeah, I, but yeah, I just mean you can't in terms pick of like, an option if yeah, you've yeah. never known there is an option. Sure. sure. Uh, so there, uh, so the camp is being run by uh, this uh, Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, uh, yes. who is Captain Kleisendorf, uh, who's very, uh, very flamboyant. Uh, very over the top. Yeah, you think like this is almost your Peter Sellers mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange Love type character. Well, to me, he was—he would be the embodiment of the Prussian military, uh, embodiment of the Prussian military of that uh, of that time, who did not like Hitler, mm-hmm. but were you know career military, not just in terms of themselves, but their 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 family tradition was career military. You know, so they were the army, they were the generals, these were the people that Hitler bossed around and who resented it because they could see his incompetence as a military commander. And so that's, you know, so the film opens with him saying, why am I here? Because I was injured in an unnecessary attack that ended, you know, disastrously and I lost an eye. Yeah. And apparently 
I cannot fight with with without an eye. But can a person with one eye do this? And then he proceeds to show what a good marksman yeah. he is with a with a with a rifle and, and, a, doing, and a gun. And in doing so, also hints a bit at the flamboyance that would later define. His sure, character. sure. But that's yeah. also part of the aristocracy, right? That's right. kind of the that you know you have the the aristocracy is also decadent. Right, so his character embodies the decadence of the aristocracy, but also that tradition of that sure. oppression aristocracy. It's something I like about that's who tried to blow up Hitler were the were the generals. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there wasn't like it wasn't soldiers. It wasn't like the mm. there wasn't it wasn't like a bunch of low ranking privates who it was Prussian military commanders who were outraged at the their treatment and also the complete ineptitude they were having to deal with as as a uh, you know, people who prided themselves, you know, hey, we read von Clausewitz. Did you read him? Have you read On War? But, you know, they, they you know, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great character. Just because, like, each character to me in this movie kind of embodies some element of that, of the, that society of that time. Sure. You know, because then you have the, the female character, the female kind of commander mm-hmm. played by... Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson, yeah, who is the fanatically gung-ho, mm-hmm. you know... Fräulein. To even where later she's sacrificing children. She's yeah. just like throwing, yeah. throwing them at, at people. Yeah. Yeah. But for a good cause. For a cause, yeah. No, no. To her, it's a good, not only good cause, a great cause the, for the, for the, you know, for Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, because for whatever reason, she sublimated herself. Maybe she's lonely and unhappy. Who knows? But she has sublimated herself into this movement. And that's how that's how she, oh, it's there's just, no it, other option. And now it defines her. This her, is right? this is this yeah. is all, yeah. Eventually, it takes you over and it becomes your everything. Uh, with this, with the Sam Rockwell character uh, again mentioning the flamboyance, something I liked about it was they do show him shooting the guns in the in the in the trailer, and it looks like oh, this is just broad comedy. Yeah. But again, Taiko Watiti doesn't just do a joke and then not do a second beat and a third beat later. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it does build to where you go like, oh, he does have a lot of flamboyance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's a little odd. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, and then you start to build on, you know, and and piece things together with him. But he's the character that you go to for the broadest comedy. He's the one who does the German Shepherd joke. He is the one, you know, I think, I'm not sure. sure if him or Rebel Wilson do the, do the joke about the clones or not. But he's definitely in the world, whenever they're in that office, this is where... Mm. It's a, it's like a full on comedy sketch when well, you're in here. But it, that's true. But also when the when the Gestapo come, Stephen Merchant is the leader of the Gestapo. Uh, that's also played for laughs in a, in a big way, which is really mm. weird because you are so unsettled by it because you you know the threat yeah. of the Gestapo because you feel nervous about them. Well, but at the same time, they're also played for laughs. When which you is want very strange. to be really terrifying. Uh, get a comedian. Mm-hmm. Get a comedian. Again, I'm going to Peter Sellers in Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. Some of the darkest things that happen in Doctor Strangelove are played by Peter Sellers, who is known as a, a broad comedy, you know, a, yeah. a character. Uh, and uh, and yeah, that's what soaks it in so so deep with you. Uh, so yeah, we start off with uh, with the with the Hitler Youth Training Camp, and uh, Jojo is um, being a little bullied by some of the other kids. Yes, and is ordered by one of them to. Kill Kill a rabbit mm-hmm. to to prove that he's a man. Yeah, to prove his uh, his uh, loyalty to mm-hmm. the uh, Nazi youth. Yeah, yeah, which he cannot do mm-hmm. because he has a heart underneath all of his Nazi bravado and his you know feeling of being one of the supermen and all the rest of it. He actually does have a heart. You know, it hasn't been it hasn't been completely uh, drilled out of him yet, and so he can't do it. Unlike the older boys who do it without any. That's right. Compunction at all. 
Yeah, it's an it's an innocent. He can't he 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 can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And so he gets the name. He's called a coward, and they call him from that point on Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you hear that, you go yes. Oh, because you have as to say Pen- that when they as Penn and Teller have instructed us. One must say yes when you hear the name of the movie. Right. In a movie. Uh, except when you've got a... Uh, do you only do it once or do you have Just do it once, yeah. yeah. Oh, because otherwise, you know. No, no, no. You don't if like Alfie, holy cow, you that do movie's going to like the, drive you crazy. The first time you hear his name, then you go Okay. Yes. Very good. Uh, so uh, Adolf Hitler shows up when he's feeling bummed out about this and uh, gives him a little <laughs> little pep talk. Uh, yeah. And they're in the middle of uh, grenade throwing. Yeah. And uh, so to prove, to prove he is uh, a man... Uh, grabs a grenade and uh, and with the encouragement of Hitler throws it uh, and uh, does not go well. Hits a tree. Hits a tree, which is interesting because it's very similar to the joke that they do with a knife a little earlier, where someone throws a knife and the knife bounces off a tree That's and right. into hits someone's bo- leg. It feels the leg, like they're yeah. doing the same gag twice. Yeah. But instead of it being again, this is what he does. That was it. Felt like a throwaway gag. No, watch out. Things bounce <laughs> off trees. You're in. You're in. You're in a forest. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, but Jojo doesn't learn from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, throws it, bounces back, and then uh, blows himself up, which is a very dark start to the. You don't. I, I didn't expect stuff no, to be I happening that that, that that early. You, and then you get everything from his point of view, and you see everyone's horrified reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and he's forever after called ugly and a freak, and, right? Uh, which he's not also, ugly at all. He's also, has some has some. But you don't know late that. scarring on his face. They take a long time to let you know what he looks. But like. But even after in the film, he's always referred to as being ugly and and. Uh, but these are the Nazis, yeah. And the Nazis have this concept of the Uberman, the yeah. the the perfect uh, you know uh, German, and he is flawed, and mm. so because he is flawed, he's mad. One thing I liked when when they were looking at his face, and it was the Sam Rockwell character. I'm I'm gonna have a hard time saying Kleinsendorf through this, uh, and he looks especially horrified. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, because he went through this. He lost he lost an eye, mm. and first of all, it's horrible that a child is going through this. A child under his watch is now hurt. Yeah, and I think that changes him to the point where like his relationship now with JoJo through the rest of the movie is I've got to yes. protect JoJo because yeah, I didn't, it. and he he almost. Went mm-hmm. through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Like he, he 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 can definitely relate to this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we 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 get everything from his point of view. It's really horrific. They they play they don't they play it to, to a degree for laughs. Hitler does a faint uh, after seeing his face. <laughs> a nice good comedic faint. Yes. Uh, and then we see like oh how bad is it? And it doesn't look that bad. But yeah, you're right. The rest of the people all feel. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't I don't know if this is something that especially pushes his mom over the edge or if she was even i think she, I think she already she was, was full yeah. she was full in but it certainly didn't push her away from the edge yeah you know it, because if we go with, by the by the earlier hints or in the hints of the film that the father is working actively working against the germans outside of outside of germany right then she would from the get-go have not been in favor yeah, one of, of my this. favorite lines is where you see the people hanging in the in the town and uh, Jojo asks, uh, "What do they do?" And uh, and uh, she answers, "What they could." Yeah, and yeah. it's like, "Oh, that's a good, oh you, that's an excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent line." Yeah, and again, yeah. it's it's definitely a setup for something that comes later mm-hmm. on. This is 
this is this is to me what uh, a really good filmmaker does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, an okay filmmaker gives you some some good scenes. Yeah. Uh, but a really good filmmaker gives you good scenes that then build on each other to make an even greater package at the end. Yeah. That all yeah. feedback and then makes you want to watch it a second I, time where you're going to allow. Do you add just want to? I just want to say one more time. Yeah. It is an adaptation of someone's book. So. Yeah. So let's just be fair to the author. This might be okay. in the book as well. So I don't want to give all the all the credit all, all right. the all the credit to uh, Taika Waititi, who I do think is a like I say, I think he has a great sense of story. Mm-hmm. So this book may I'm sure this book is different. Are you in lots familiar of ways. with the book? Have I've never read, read the book. book. I didn't know okay. it was a book at all. So possibly that line might not be in the book. Who knows? There we go. Okay. So all I can do is judge what I've seen sure, here. Sure, sure. I'm just saying you know, we, we to, we to uh, suppose that it's in let's that. Not, let's not fall over ourselves too much. Uh, Praising, I'm gonna, you know praising what I, one person when another person could be at home going, wait a second, I, I was looking okay, for my book. But until we know that that person did the thing. <laughs> sure. It's like, you know, you watch the movie Lawnmower Man. You don't want to give Stephen King all the credit for this huge piece of crap. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Lawnmower Man. This story is quite a bit different. Okay. If, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's give credit right now to the author of Jojo Rabbit. Who is... Let's look at who the author of Jojo Rabbit is. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, Christine Lauren, uh, who wrote the book uh, *Caging Skies*. Hmm. There we are. So, so uh, tip of the hat. And now we're Jojo Rabbit is a better name. Much better name. All right. So, uh, yeah, he's given a little tasks to do because he can't go back to the to the Hitler Youth. Yeah. And uh, I just I was going to say one more thing about, yeah. about the book, and I feel like the book has way less humor in it than his his movie. And yet you don't know. Oh, I don't know, but I just, I'm going to guess. By the title, Caging Skies. <laughs> okay, well, all right, this title, is a spoiler Caging podcast, Skies. and there's a guessing podcast. <laughs> well, this is both. It's both. How thick do you think the book is? <laughs> well, I think it's a young adult book, so I don't think it's uh, that thick. Okay. I think it's mid, mid, me, medium thick. All right. Okay. All right. There we go. So that's Dave's make em ups. <laughs> all right. So well, there, was a, there was a while there where, where these sort of books were really popular. Like The Boy in the Yellow Pajamas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like these books were... In the suitcase. Like I'm trying to think of other books. My my daughters went through like a, a reading these sort of books phase that kind of the kind of scholastic. Uh, there was a time when yeah, these were all kind of out there. And now you and I do a book for scholastic. Yeah. What a, hey, wow. What's going on? The more things change, hey. The more things, um, the more they stay different. Yeah. I hope when uh, they adapt with the the book that we did, there's someone going, hey, how about that book? Yeah, that's right. Going, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just do it ourselves. You know what I really like is I love all the vibrant colors the filmmakers brought to this adapt, <laughs> adaptation of this book. Wait a second, our book is full of vibrant anyway, colors. Our book is called Sparks. Pick it up. Anyway, so uh, JoJo's given the uh, job of uh, putting out uh, propaganda. Yeah, uh, or, uh, leaflets uh, throughout the town, um, and uh, he goes he goes home, mm-hmm. and he hears something upstairs in his house. Yeah, yeah. His mom's not home. Mom is not home. She's out doing something. We don't know what she's doing. Right. And him point. and his mom, let's just say, have a really good relationship. They have a close relationship. They do have a very good relationship. Uh, very sweet, nice performance. Her, her reaction. Johansson her reaction to um, the incident at the camp is to uh, knee Sam Rockwell's character in the groin. Yes. Which he deserves. Absolutely. And he takes like a man. Oh, he knows. He does not protest at all. <laughs> he probably thinks, I got off lightly. So, yeah. Yes. She, she does have a... And yeah, their relationship is very loving. But she feels... She met him many times that she feels that she has lost her son. Absolutely, yeah. Because she is because she is not a fan of Hitler. She's not no, a fan her, her of son's what's happening beliefs in Germany. are reprehensible to her, but mm-hmm. she loves her son. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Exactly. And she does not trust her son. Mm-hmm. And there's something going on in the house we're going to find out about right now that she cannot let her son know. 
So yeah. so her son is a danger right well, now. Well, she's doing well things as, outside of the house that she can't let her son know as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he, hears, uh, he hears sounds, goes up to investigate, and discovers a girl called Elsa Kor, who is a teenage uh, Jewish girl who's hiding in the attic. Mm. And immediately we, we go right to Anne Frank. You know, that's, that's sure. you know, you see someone hiding in the attic, immediately we click in, mm-hmm. and we're like, uh-oh, and, uh, and, and now we've got the main conflict of, uh, of her film. Well, yeah, I guess that is the main con- conflict of her film, which is a weird conflict, isn't it? It's a Nazi versus a Jew. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really two human beings, two young people of, you know, one who doesn't see this other person as a human. Because mm-hmm. he's lived his whole life. You know, viewing Jews as monsters. Yeah, all you've heard is the, is the propaganda. Yeah, it's it's in many ways it's a it's a coming of age movie um, on almost every level, and not just on a you know a boy you know who might be falling in love for yeah. the for the first time. Yeah, but it's also a coming of age movie of of a country that's kind of coming of age. <laughs> so. You know, you had these childish beliefs. You know, and uh, of of you know worshiping this Hitler, and 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 now you're realizing, well, that was all garbage. Yeah, that was all nonsense. I've been told lies, mm-hmm. and so you're maturing on that level sure. as well. But one of the nice things about the film is it doesn't. It's not just Nazis. You know, like it's also just normal people. I, I think Yoki's kind of the the. He's sort of the embodiment of that in the movie. The Allies do horrible things later. But we also, yeah, but we also have um, Scarlett Johansson, um, his mom, who is actively working, you know, as much, as much as she can do, as she says, they did what they could, as much as she can do to um, oppose the Nazis. So she's putting out these little leaflets that are telling, you know, saying Germany should surrender right, and, to the Allies, you know, and trying to encourage people to get over, get you know, get over the idea that, Germany's going to win. Germany has lost the war, and they need to they need to understand that, you know. And it is it's always struck me as very strange that Hitler's strategy was to impede the Allies, impede the European Allies, so America, the British, and Canadian forces. So the Battle of the Bulge was like this this kind of final big final fling where he threw all this, you know, the kind of the super soldiers and all all the, all the might of the German army against the Allies coming towards Germany. Meanwhile, the Russians are coming through through the back door, almost unimpeded, which seems so crazy now to me. Like it would have caused way less trouble for Germany and for the rest of most of Europe if they just kind of let the, the Allies sort of roll over them and just sort of create some quick borders and kind of close things up again before the the Russians got there. So Germany, if you're thinking of doing this another time, yeah, that's that's a, there's a hot tip Look, for you. You know, check out the the politics of the uh, the the Allies. You know, just kind of make some decisions based on that. That's all I'm saying. You know, could could have you know ended forty years or whatever it was, fifty years of of uh, East Germany. Yeah, nice job, guys. Way to go, Hitler! Another stupid thing you did. Yeah, uh, let's let's agree, uh, Hitler. Boo. What did the weird? I just want to say this is yeah. this thing that always strikes me as sort of weird is when you talk to people about Germany and the war and stuff like that. They'll always say things like, "You know, what was Hitler did wrong? <laughs> was going to, going to Stalingrad? Like, why didn't he just go straight to the?" You know, straight to where the oil was in the in the, the Caucasus in 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 Russia. Why did he go to Stalingrad? And then you're thinking to yourself, well, isn't it good? Then you know, it's not great that the war happened, but isn't it good that he like made a blender and like didn't do something 
you know, isn't it good that he blundered and... Ba- that was bad in that his was job. Ba- yeah, do you know what Hitler did wrong? The Holocaust? Yeah, well, well, you know what else he did wrong? Invading all those other countries? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what he did wrong was the exactly. racism and, the, you yeah, yeah. Know, and all the horrible yeah. things of the Gestapo? Yeah, but you know what he did wrong? Yeah. The I mean, mustache? I'm talking ta- yeah, the mustache. You're I'm right, the mustache tactically. Yeah, tactically. I'm talking tactically. Like, he shouldn't have gone into Greece, but, but look, these are... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyhow, let's go on with this movie. Yeah, hindsight and nine-sight. Um, so... Uh, he says he's going to turn her in, but she says, uh, well, then your mom's going to be arrested uh, for that and, and killed. So, you know, I, the standoff. So we have right here a classic, uh, if they knew what a Mexican standoff was. I think they use those words in the movie. Oh, do they actually? Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, but, I thought this, when I heard it in the movie, I was like, was that a common that phrase quite, at that time? That quite uh, possibly could be. Uh, so he agrees to keep her safe, uh, but uh, he wants her to tell him secrets. Of what Jewish people are actually like, so we can write a book yes. uh, for Sam Rockwell uh, to uh, to help him yes. and uh, to defeat the evil uh, Jewish people. Yeah, and she uh, she uh, agrees. Who, of course, are being blamed every day in the news and in, in the, on the radio and in all the media sure. for. German, Germany's downfall. Yeah, they were, and originally they were called rodents, and they were all those horrible things. Yeah, um, there are there are references. They throughout. had babies. Yeah, they had horns. Horns, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, if if you saw Borat, you know what we're talking about. Never saw it. Okay, it's it's good. Um, <laughs> so uh, so if it's so, saying yeah. if it's saying that about Jews, it doesn't sound good. No, anyway. it does because it's satire. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's not pro it's fine, Nazi. Yeah. Do you think it was a pro Nazi movie? Well, you made it sound like it there for a second. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's. It, not. it tells you all the truth about the Jews. That movie. Uh, you can't. By the way, yes, you can take it if you're uh, dumb. Yeah. As uh, you know, as satire, you can take the wrong way. That's the thing about satire. Um, so uh, she makes up stories such as uh, saying that uh, Jewish people can read your mind, mm. and, uh, and no, re- they can read each other's mind. Just each uh, each other, they can't read the the minds of the the German people. Well, I guess she can, but his head is too thick. That's what he says. Your 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 head's too thick for us to read your yeah. minds. So uh, he he Jojo accuses his mother of being unpatriotic, <laughs> uh, but can't reveal uh, that you know Elsa is in the in the yeah, attic. Yeah, uh, and um, and is uh, very sad that his father's away, uh, and his mom. Um, uh, says that uh, it, it's trying to push that positivity is always the best. It's giving her philosophy, yeah, yeah. Uh, that this is the best way to sure. be free of uh, oppression. Mean, is this where the dancing takes place? Is this the first the, when the, when they dance together? I guess so. Yeah. Is this where she um, takes some soot and puts it on her face and pretends to be her that's, husband, or does that come later on? That's uh, it's around now, yeah. Cause yeah, she, she tries. She to. she does a little uh, costuming of her of herself as her uh, as her husband and scolds him. Yeah. for uh, you know uh, being mean to his mother. Mean to his mother. Yeah. It's it's a good bit. You know, it's like yeah. she's having she's definitely having fun. Yeah, she's creative. This thing, everyone in this is 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 very creative. You know, at least anyone who's got any soul or any goodness in them. Yeah. Um, uh, Elsa uh, makes up these stories. Mm -hmm. Later on, uh, Jojo uh, makes up letters to her and is very creative. Yeah. Sam Rockwell's character, you know, is is definitely creative in the things that he he does. Designing very colorful uniforms. And Scarlett Johansson is creative and definitely seems to have some sort of background in dancing and the arts and making up stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, if uh, this is is the tools that you use. Um, if you're a good person, uh, so Jojo keeps uh, going back and forth with Elsa. Has he has he told Hitler about? Yes, her Hitler knows about it. Yes, and he's very upset about it. But he's mm-hmm. he understands because because he's because he basically is Jojo. He understand he's understands the the conundrum. 
how do we how do we think on you know how do we rat out this right this Jew at the same time not cause your mother problems even though to real Hitler the mother is just as much to blame as you know so this you know then the boy's imagination this Hitler is more sympathetic than although he gets less sympathetic as, as time goes on because because Jojo is so he is so con- he's so conflicted yeah you know like he is you know it's the sort of thing where you've have heard all these monstrous tales about these people you know that they have horns and they're this and they're that and then you meet one and it's just a little a little girl like you and she's not a monster she's not trying to eat him it's like any prejudice yeah yeah and once you meet someone who is that thing all mm-hmm. of a sudden the prejudice makes no sense anymore sure when you when you humanize uh so she he does hear uh from her though that she's got a, a boyfriend yeah and so he writes a letter and he writes a letter from the boyfriend breaking mm. up with her saying he never liked her yeah and it was all uh, it was all a lie and uh and so he reads he reads that to her as part of his scheme yeah uh but and she uh, gets very upset yeah she she, she, she cries she, she cries over this which Jojo uh, immediately feels bad about yeah, it. Yeah, and writes another uh, letter, uh, you know, uh, going recanting, going yeah. recanting the breakup, yeah. which uh, Hitler does not care for. Does not care no, for this. No, a little back and forth between him and the Fuhrer. Yeah. at this point, and shortly after that, he spots his mother uh, w- putting anti-Nazi propaganda around. Yeah. So now he's got another conflict going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Poor Jojo, because he is a he is a faithful, true, devoted Nazi. Mm. You know, he is devoted to the German nation. And now it turns out his mother is a, is a you know, traitor. Not only is she ha- keeping, not only is she keeping a Jew in the house, she's also going around putting, putting at, at... Yeah, so when you find out your yeah. mother's the enemy, what yeah, do you do exactly. to him? I kept, I kept thinking that at some point, by the way, since we had Beatles off the top, we were going to have a version of Get Back. Because there's a character called Jojo in that, mm, and I mm. just go, oh well, they, they clearly have to do this at some point, and they never did. The Germans didn't do a ver- German version of that. They song. did not, so you could not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. so uh, so Jojo's home one day when, as you mentioned before, Stephen Merchant comes by uh, as a member of the Gestapo, mm-hmm. and they do a search of the house, which was one of the yeah, you're right. It was it was very funny, but it was incredibly chilling. Yeah, I think again, you want to, to make something very uh, frightening. Have a have a comedian do it because you will laugh, and then you'll expect it the, the little little turn. Yeah, and then uh, everything's screwed. It was very um, uh, Inglorious Bastards opening of Inglorious Bastards, where the Nazi who's coming in to inspect things is very yeah. charming. Yeah, and enjoying enjoying the house, complimentary, uh, but you know. Where this is where this sure. is heading? Uh, Steve Merchant's character is a lot less uh, canny than than the uh, character. You don't know Schmidt. though. He could be mm. he could be playing dumb. Yeah, he could be, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't know you don't know what they're doing, and then the other guys are all in the background, just like checking everything and all business, and he's just charming the kid with his big creepy smile and just being Stephen Merchant. And ah, oh, it's just a, he's so tall. Yeah, next yeah. to Jojo, which is so imposing. He's just got this slender man monster thing going going on there. <laughs> yeah, as he looks through looks through everything, and uh, you know, of course, else is in the in the attic, and uh, and Jojo's worried about this. Shows him his room. There's kind of a funny thing where they're touching the the Hitler poster, and it keeps changing back from actual Hitler to his his impression of Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't know if that was to symbolize that he's kind of s- slipping a little bit, and his image of Hitler and and the other Hitler aren't matching anymore. It's starting to break a little bit uh, apart. It there could be that, or it just could be just acknowledging the fact that his his Hitler is no way like the actual Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, like his Hitler is 
But to him before, his Hitler was mm-hmm. the real Hitler, and now it's not as much because he's yeah. arguing with Hitler. Yeah. Hitler wants this girl turned in, yeah. and he doesn't. Yeah. So this is this is where he's like splitting mm. with it with his imaginary friend. He's got yeah. a real internal conflict there. Yeah. So uh, so Jojo's trying to steer them away from you know the area she's in, and she reveals herself to the Gestapo. Yeah, that's right. Also, uh, Sam Rockwell's character is there as well because he has, for whatever reason, come over with. Uh, with his uh, adjutant, his assistant, who that that was my first hint to their to their characters. There's a moment in the film where they both stare at each other in a very meaningful way, and I went, ah, <laughs> yeah, they're having a relationship. Okay, they play, and, the, and then they make act- it more clear as as it's we a go very along. good little bit of acting. But uh, yeah, they do do very 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 nice acting there. Yeah. Uh, but she pretends to be his sister. Yes, who no one knows has died. Right. So what what did you read into that with the the no one knows how how she died what uh, what what do you think happened with with his sister that she that that they wouldn't tell anyone how she died Yeah it is curious isn't it I wonder if she was taken away was she was she taken away did she do something rebellious mm, Yeah uh, or is she off fighting or you know what's going on with No her? she's fighting everyone, was she everyone sick? would know about that Yeah was she was she sick um yeah it's uh it's it's an unanswered question yeah well she's she's because the 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 jewish girl who's living with them is a friend of his sister so she was a friend to a jew right so it's possible that she she uh was too too anti-nazi and was taken away that was not uncommon lots of people but wouldn't the gestapo know that um not necessarily not necessarily yeah, there's there's definitely a secret there, and that, this also adds another layer to things where, yeah, um, where you think that JoJo might be romantically interested in in Elsa, but she she is not unlike the age his sister was. Yeah, and I'm sure he misses his sister to a degree and is mm-hmm. all alone in the house, and so she may be taking the place of his sister. She's definitely teasing him. Uh, you know, they they got like an antagonistic back and forth yeah. kind of brother sister thing, much more than a romantic thing. Oh yeah. So yeah, I could see that that could be part of you know who's going. And and now of course he's he's seeing him, her play his sister. That adds another level to things. But you know, will the will the Nazis believe this? And and, and then they 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 do. Yeah, though this was the thing was uh, because Sam Rockwell um, covers. For them, there's like an. Uh, she, he's asking, you know, yes, when she, she takes was born. Because so when she when she comes in, well, the reason she comes out is because she has stolen she has stolen JoJo's Hitler youth knife, mm-hmm. and so the Gestapo they agent, notice that it's not on. Stephen Merchant's character notices that he does not have his knife and asks him where it is, and it's sort of an awkward moment. And then she reveals herself with the knife and says, "Oh, she had it. She was using it for something." And so then, you know, then they're curious, well, who are you? And she's, I'm Jojo's sister. And then they ask for her identification papers, which fortunately she has like a kind of vague idea where they might be. So she searches through the bureau, through the sister's bureau, looking and finds the papers. But Sam Rockwell then intercepts them and starts to grill her. Yeah. And asks, you know, when is your birthday and things like that. And she tells, you know, the, the sister's birthday. And he looks at her picture. And of course, they look nothing alike. But he says, you know, you should get a new picture taken. You look quite, you look quite pale. And then it's after they're gone that she, that she she reveals that when she's looking at the paper, she realizes that she gave the wrong date. Right. She said May first when her sister was actually born on May eighth. Now this could be that Sam Rockwell's character either is not pro, like it doesn't doesn't buy all this Nazi bullshit, or very much so, or yeah, you know, again because it does uh, sync with like yeah, he's definitely in love with. 
you know, uh, a man. So, you know, there's, there's, yes, there's, they were also sent to the concentration camps. Absolutely. But there could be another side to this, which is he owes Jojo. Jojo, Jojo was, was very badly hurt under, under his watch and he owes a debt to this family. That could be, but I mean... It depends on his sense of honor. I was going to say, if you, you know, if you... His job is to protect Jojo now because yeah. he didn't protect Jojo before. Sure. If sure. if this if she is found to be a Jew yeah. and Jojo is protecting her, not just her, but Jojo is going to be taken away and killed yeah. as well. Yeah. So if, if, he, if he calls her out, he's now killed Jojo, which I don't think is a possibility for him. As much as him... You know, trying to save her, he might not have saved her if it wasn't for that. It would take Jojo. Well, away he has as well. mentioned that he admires Jojo's mother, right? So I don't think he means that in a in a romantic or sexual no. way, because that's not how he's he's inclined. So he means as a person, as a you know, as a person, I admire your mother. So I admire who she is, right? Which is someone who is not a Nazi, right? You know, so that's a declaration that he's and that he doesn't. There's a couple. Of, there's a couple other things here too. One. You know, she's probably not spending all of her time in that little box. So when Jojo and his mother are away, she has probably come out. Mm-hmm. She's probably looked around the house. She probably does know where this information is. So that when it do- did come down to it, she wasn't just flipping through well, the Well, she did certainly look open three different drawers looking for it. Okay. So, But it would be surprising if she just kept in there when no one else was in the house. No, no, I don't, I'm not saying that. But I doubt that she went looking for okay. someone's identification papers. And something that's important to, to bring up at this point is... Uh, to show that Jojo is so young, he can't tie his own shoes. His mother has to tie his own shoes, and that's something that we see a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. Then when they're dancing, um, we do a big focus on her shoes and her feet, mm-hmm. and watching watching her feet while she's dancing. Yeah. We get we uh, we. And earlier in the early in the film, when they're bike, they go on the bicycle ride together, and they're at the by the river. And she's walking up. She's high walking on, on the wall, wall. Yeah. And this is his perspective of her. And she's sort of dancing there as well, talking about. How important dancing is. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. that's part of life is dancing. I think he may, she may tie his, uh, his uh, shoes at, as well. At first, you might be thinking to yourself, is Taiko Watiti the next Quentin Tarantino? Sure, getting a lot of foot shots here. <laughs> but everyone's keeping their shoes on, so no. Uh, <laughs> so later, so um, the, 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 the ruse works. The Gestapo leave. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they fell for it. Maybe they don't. You never know, because you know they might, they they might be coming back later on. You you do then find out, you know, that Sam Rockwell covered. So that's an interesting bit of subtext. Sure. Then later on in the day, uh, Jojo is is walking through town. Yeah. And uh, and sees a butterfly, and you think, well, this butterfly is going to get killed because that's the way <laughs> yeah. an innocent thing goes sure so it's a beautiful scene where you see the butterfly and the butterfly flies away and we follow the butterfly till we then focus on uh, his mother's feet yeah and we see that his mother is hanging yeah in the in the town square and it is devastating you know it's like uh and then he uh ties her shoelaces yeah and then you look down and you <laughs> you wipe your tears away i didn't have go, to look- was this manipulation on uh yeah but no nope, i don't have to look works. down i i proudly cried during that yeah. part of the film that was uh that was a I very beautiful down. yeah it was very sad yeah. very sad moment but very well done and there's no shot of scarlett johansson's no, of his mother that's not what it is you don't need to see that there's a distant shot of it so you get a sense of of you know she's one of many who have been caught by the gestapo and what's so then you think to yourself well when the gestapo came to his house 
They knew that this had happened. This is the thing. Had yeah, this had happened. They knew before. Yeah, that's why they're there. Now, did Sam Rockwell know? I don't think so because he I wouldn't be part know. of it. But that's, he wouldn't be part of it. It's not, no, it's, it's not, not that he role. wouldn't be part of it, but that he might have seen this in the town square. That's oh, possible. And so that's why he's, you know, there because mm. he's got to protect Jojo because Jojo's about to be taken away and killed. That's possible. But I think I thought he came there to, to see jo- Jojo's mother. Yes, that's what he says. Okay. If, okay. If, you know, and if he had seen that Jojo's mother had been hanged, yeah. that's the kind of thing he would say. He that's would come possible. in playing ignorant to that fact. Mm. Uh, but then his whole job there is, I gotta, I gotta cover, yeah, for for JoJo, and I gotta protect JoJo, and then and then that is what he does. So it could go either way. Maybe maybe he did know, maybe he didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but JoJo is so furious by this, or so devastated by this, that he takes his knife and he stabs Elsa. Yeah. Goes home and stabs Elsa, uh, in the shoulder, and then um, and just breaks down crying, and that's where she comforts him. Yeah, yeah. He stabs her, but not very hard because he. It's more like. It's not. It's more like sort of impotent rage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's it's not like really directed at her that much. It's mm-hmm. more just this. This is this horrible thing has happened. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, it's like a. It's just. It's only a flesh wound, as they say. Yeah. It's not a. It doesn't. And she, he doesn't. And she he doesn't drive it, it into very the hilt. Well. Yeah. He doesn't drive it into the hilt, and I think she knows what's happened. I think she suspects what's happened. And, at that moment. Yeah. And uh, I guess like the next day or very shortly afterwards, he runs into his friend Yorkie, who's, uh, who's, who's still a soldier. Mm-hmm. And Yorkie breaks the news to him that uh, Hitler is is dead. Yeah. Which which is a shock to him. We mm-hmm. have had Hitler cameos, by the way, through this that are being played for various levels of, of comedy comedy relief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my favorite thing of that sequence with Yorkie is that he's wearing um, cardboard a cardboard uniform because they've run out of yeah. they've run out of linen, so they're making the uniforms for the for the kids out of out of out of paper. By the way, have we had the scene where Jojo is dressed as a robot yet? Yes, that was We've, earlier because he was collecting uh, metal. collecting metal. Sorry, we didn't bring that up. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a, a nice comedic scene where he's dressed as a I robot. I think that's when he sees his mum uh, handing out. The, uh, there you go. That's yeah. right. And there's other kids he's too kind of who, in disguise. who are also dressed as yeah. uh, robots uh, yeah. collecting metal. And then he does run into his friend at that point as well. So he has seen Yorkie uh, yeah, uh, yeah. earlier on before in the two hugs. Because he told he told Yorkie that he was in love with with uh, he thinks he's in love with a Jewish girl. Yes. And Yorkie's reaction is, oh, that's good. Like he, you know, he's like I say. Yeah, he's got no horse in this race. He's got no horse in this race. He's perfectly fine talking about Jews as monsters that live in the woods and eat babies. Well, like, at the same time, if you fall in love with one, that's great. But great, good for you. Yeah, you got to also go with like <laughs> kids. Yeah. Don't have freedom. Like if you're in yeah. school and someone tells you to do something, you don't go. Oh yeah, yeah I no, I know. Well, I'm not blaming yeah. you. I'm not blaming you. Absolutely. So like he's just being told things. So yeah, whatever yeah. Yorgi believes yeah. has nothing to do with what his actions are. Yeah. Um, I know you're saying like earlier, it's a lot of what the German people were going through, but especially yeah. as a kid, you have no, no, no. you know, ability yeah. to fight back, especially if you're a little chubby kid who obviously shouldn't be in, involved in this in any way. He should be at home <laughs> eating sweets and reading, reading a with his, book. With his mom, who apparently is little Lada. <laughs> could, could very well be. But yeah, he, uh, Yuri tells him that Hitler's dead and the allies are now closing, closing in and it's, mm. it's getting to be near the end. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is uh, 
and this is where uh, Rebel Wilson, who we'd seen earlier on, you know, being very over the top in the uh, small little room, is uh, arming children and sending them into the kind of the final battle. You know, one of them, I think, like gives him a grenade or something explosive and says, uh, run up to him and, and, give him uh, a hug. and hug, uh, hug an American soldier. Yeah. You know, just willing to like, you know, which is Monty Python level comedy, yeah. but is also so chilling yeah. when, when you see this and go like, oh, that, that probably was true there are suicide bombers that are children it's just shit Hmm. and you know it's not like this stuff doesn't exist anymore yeah this this is now yeah you know and by the way you see uh the city kind of being broken apart throughout this yes it's been it's been bombed to pieces by by the allies that's right as they've gotten as they've gotten closer and closer to to germany they've been able to uh, mount more and more you know aerial assaults and this whole city is in is a is rubble except luckily um jojo's house yes is still standing intact so uh she gives uh, jojo a soldier's coat mm. which i guess from a fallen soldier uh and uh and it's like all right now go in and go in and fight these are the, the go la, final push go go yeah. go uh and so uh there he goes so he uh Fa- uh, facing the American and Soviet uh, forces, the city's uh, garrison surrenders, and uh, he is captured uh, with other soldiers, including Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And and it's captured by the Russians. Captured? Oh, it's by, captured by the Russians. It's yeah. not okay. That's yeah. good. And uh, they're gonna be. You tell from the uniforms. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with the, the uh, different okay. uniforms. Yeah. And and uh, oh, by the way, we had a scene earlier. Sorry, there's a lot of uh, joke density in this. So while I'm going through <laughs> plots, I'm I am missing jokes. Um, Sam Rockwell's uh, character with his um, you know uh, second in command slash yeah. probably boyfriend yeah uh, is designing Most a very flamboyant boy. outfit. Yes, you know, making the most out of you know what the final days do. and the fact that finally. He can live out his calling, which is to be a soldier, right, and to fight the enemy. He's had a dream, and now he's living the dream. He's even not, though the dream is a nightmare. He's yeah, he's not. Yeah, for him, war is not. It's not a personal thing. It's a, a career, you know. And death is a is a thing to be welcomed because it's part of your career as a soldier. Yeah, and yet he's yeah. also got ethics and and well, yeah, but getting in the you way. You can you can well, they're not getting in the way of being a soldier. They're being getting in the way of being a Nazi, and those those are two different things entirely. Right? Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting point of view. So he, he <laughs> well, you they, see it him, is different. Well, it is, but not. I mean, the too. Allies are fighting. They're not, and they're soldiers. They're not Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just you know, like for someone like for someone like that character, or like people like that character. Like I say, they were career soldiers. They grew up going to military academies. They were they were in the the army their whole lives until they retired. You know, and so they were the ones who created. Well, actually, Blitzkrieg was actually I think the invention of an, a Canadian. Uh, that wrote a book about about that style of war. Oh, but it was adopted by, unlike the Allies who did, who just ignored it. It was adopted by Germ by German okay. a German military as a well. That's a good idea. Let's use that. Um, yeah. So you know, these are people who thought of war, who planned for war, who you know had the best of everything. You know, like for the the Allies, they just had junk they were fighting with. Like the Sten guns they were using, they had to hold upside down so the bullets would clear. Because if they held them properly, the bullets wouldn't pop out of the chamber and they'd jam. And so they would basically kill you because you couldn't fire your gun. So you had to fire them upside down so that the bullets would drop out of them. Whereas the the Germans had these beautiful Lugers and these great mm-hmm. submachine guns that worked like worked like a the, like a dam. And they worked in mud and they worked in sand and they just worked. 
you know, and they had these great boots that were comfortable to wear. And that's why like, the Allies would slowly accumulate all this German paraphernalia as they, as they fought, because it was way more comfortable to be wearing German boots to fire their guns, you know. And the the cat the uh, the officer would come and they'd be like, get all that stuff off. You can be dressed like that. And they would make them strip off all this German gear. And then they would have to like walk around in the uncomfortable Allied boots that would hurt your feet and were no good and cause flat-footedness and all the other problems and uncomfortable clothes and coats that weren't warm and guns that didn't fire. Yeah. So, you know, like these are people who were like, that was their life was to yeah. prepare for this thing, you know. And it's not that they didn't. It's not that they were asking to go to war, but when it happened, they're like, well, we're ready. This is our job. We're professional soldiers, you know, and yes, we do have a sense of ethics as a soldier. You know, there are like rules we won't, we won't break, you know. And then they got into an unethical war. They got not, into, that, not that there's ever been a real no, not super the ethical war, but, but definitely, yeah, this all went against, yeah. you know, who they are. So this scene is, this is one of these scenes in the movie. Um, and that's when he, he sees Sam Rockwell, first of all, fighting in flamboyantly in his full outfit with his firing a submachine gun. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty magical. And then the next time you see him, he's been captured and beaten. Yeah. And, uh, and he sees Jojo. He's not just wearing a flamboyant costume. He's also has a mascara around his eyes. Right. To fully, you know, fully express who he is. He's come out. Yeah. He's, he is, he is his full self. Yes. Uh, and in the very final seconds of uh, of of the battle, and so he sees Jojo in the in the outfit, and yeah. imme- immediately. Well, Jojo has been captured by the Russians and brought yes. into this. So courtyard. they're all up against a wall, and uh, and you think something bad's about to go down. Well, something bad is about to go but down, but you but you don't quite know it. Like <laughs> yeah. Jojo doesn't know it, and we're going from okay. Jojo's perspective. Yeah. So to Jojo, he doesn't know. Yeah. What's up? Mm. So um, this is where this. I guess is where, Jojo never read any history books. No, why would he have? Why, how would he have gotten history books? <laughs> yeah, he never saw any movies. What's wrong with him? Hasn't he watched Bugs Bunny cartoons? Does he know Hitler gets like hit in the in the in the foot with a big hammer? Um, and and this is where Sam Rockwell says that he yeah. admires JoJo's mother. Sure. And and then uh, grabs JoJo, uh, pulls the coat off him. Yeah. Strips him of of his coat quickly with yeah. no one watching. Yeah. Uh, spits on him and calls him a Jew. Yeah. And chases and, him off. And yeah. uh, chases him off. And the uh, and the, the Russians, of course, think, "Oh, he's a Jew." Well, who cares about that? Yeah. Get, out, assume, of get out of here. Get out of here. You. Yeah. Little kid. Uh, and uh, the, they take Sam, Sam Rockwell off, and we hear him being shot. Yeah. And the other and the other and the other right. other but children but and other soldiers. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so you know it's. Yeah, it's it's devastating. Then you're worried about you. Then you're worried about uh, Yogi because absolutely. Because he was fighting. He was wearing his, he was wearing his cardboard uniform. What's going to happen right. to him? And you, of course, at that point go, well, these weren't necessarily bad people. They were just all dragged into this thing. Mm-hmm. Should they be, you know, you think, oh, wait, there's prisoner of war camps. You know, they're yeah. going to be captured. You capture soldiers. You don't kill the soldiers. You yeah. get taken away. And then you get, you know, put on trial. And we all know and that. Nope. We're just, just going to slaughter you. Well, slaughter see, you. the unfortunate thing, just to be fair to the Russians, is that they never got prisoner of war camps. Mm-hmm. Because in Mein Kampf, they're referred to as being like a, a mongrel race. Yeah, they're not a... Yeah. So the European allies got to go to prisoner war camps. Not that they were treated great there, but they got to go to prisoner war camps. The Russians didn't. They were they were just gotten rid of on the spot. And so this is the comeuppance. So you reap what you sow, and now they're reaping what they sowed. Yeah, not what they sowed, but what someone sowed for them. Yes. And they got dragged. I'm just saying, it's yeah. just unfortunate. I'm just being... I'm just trying to like... 
explain like it's not it wasn't just like but pure, i did like purity. i did like at that a, point you know first of all you're, you're glad to see the gestapo rounded up as well that mm-hmm. was that was a nice thing to yeah, see yeah and they're all shoved around it's like good i'm all, yeah. for, I'm all for i'm all for that but yeah seeing people just be just be shot and it's just like it's just so chilling, and it's yeah. just so so much madness, and it's mm-hmm. just you know. Yeah. And then you see the you see the allies, I guess the Russians. Uh, you know, well, no, they had like an American flag. They're Americans there as well. Yeah, they were, they were, were cheering and going. This is down Berlin, the so this is where they met. Yeah, the two armies met, and that's and, why it got set by split in half. And even that, you're you're third. like, well, don't don't be cheering. Like I, I I get that we started off with you know cheering and and everything like that, but like. This is tragic. This is sad. This is awful. This isn't a woohoo. But that's how we uh, imagine the end of the war is is woohoo. Yeah. You know, we won and everything's well, great. For the people who are fighting their way into the city, this is a big woohoo. Absolutely, it's a big woohoo. Yeah. But yeah. it's but because we're no seeing it through us. the eyes of the people <laughs> who are involved and yeah. stuck in the middle of this sure. horrible mess, much like people are stuck in the middle of these horrible messes now. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this isn't a joyful thing. This isn't no. a... It's really a scary time because this is, to me, this is the scariest part of the movie for, for Jojo and for everyone else because this is the time you're most likely just to be randomly killed mm-hmm. for no reason, but just because there's cruel people who have gone or just or been people who've been brutalized to the point where you're there, it's just indifferent to other human life and can just, for whatever reason, just end your life, you know, and... And not even think about it because they've just been fighting their way across a continent, you know. And when they get there, they're just like, "I don't give a crap about any yeah. of you. You're just all garbage to me." Yeah, it's all madness. I don't want to be here. It's all madness. Yeah. Um, something we didn't mention was Jojo has kept writing letters as mm-hmm. as Nathan to as, to as uh, Elsa's boyfriend Nathan yeah. uh, to try and comfort her, but also possibly saying his true feelings mm-hmm. through uh, through that. And then we've we learn that uh, her boyfriend died. Well. He comes back. Let's just let's okay. back up a little bit because right. he comes back to the house, right, and tells her, and she says, like, what's happening out there? Yeah, and he lies to her and says that the Ger- Germany has won. Yeah, you're gonna have to stay here. You're gonna have to stay here because he is, loves her and doesn't want her to leave. It's also th- he, she's all he has. He has now lost absolutely mm-hmm. everything in his life. Sure. Not that what he's doing by any means is right, and it's gasp worthy, and the audience almost completely turns on him at that point, but. He has lost everything. Yeah. He's lost his sister. Yeah. He's lost his mother. Mm-hmm. If she leaves, what is he? Yeah. You know, he's lost his mentor. He's also, he also love, is in love with her. He's in love with her on some level. Mm-hmm. But also, he just needs love. He's, a, he's you know, when, when he sees his friend uh, and it's the end of the war and, and he just goes, I'm going home. I need a cuddle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's like, kids need, kids need love. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not independent entities that can just function on their own. Yeah. He has lost everyone who loves him. No one is. Everyone needs a cuddle. True. But he has lost now everybody who in any way loves him. And he does not necessarily think that she loves him. Um, But she is now all he has. And if he tells her that uh, that, uh, they lost the war, she's gone. Mm -hmm. And he has absolutely nothing. He's lost absolutely everything in his life. Um, Which, again, does not justify his actions. Kind of a selfish moment. Yeah. It's understandable, but it's kind of selfish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but when you've yeah. lost everything. I know. I said it's understandable. One thing you don't left, have to justify one it. Thing. You don't have yeah. to justify that you did this to a girl when you were younger, apparently. That's right. Kept her locked in a cupboard and <laughs> lied to her about who won the war. Right. You know what? I really should let her out. Excuse me for a second. Um, uh, so he, he, reads, he reads a new letter from her boyfriend uh, claiming 
that both uh, her boyfriend and Jojo himself have figured a way to smuggle her to Paris. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, boy, that's going to be a tough uh, scam to pull. But okay. <laughs> uh, but that's where she tells him that her boyfriend died. Yeah. The jig is up. Jig is up. And I think his talking about smuggling her is is just a delay. He's not going to even try that. Because what happens is they they go downstairs. They go outside. And they look around and she says, well, what, like, what now? How do I escape? And he just kind of gestures and says, you have, you've escaped. And then she slaps him mm-hmm. because he lied to her such, and made her very, very upset because, yeah. you know, for her, the idea that Germany has won, it just means that she's trapped in a cupboard for the rest of her life. Now, has, it, has there been any connection to Paris uh, from his mom? Is there anything, is there anything uh, talking about Paris in the past, a music uh, French music playing or anything like no. that. Okay, no. I was just kind of curious why Paris was the way because when he's setting up the plan, she, she says that she says that uh, he was her boyfriend's going to come and he's going to take her to Paris. Ah, very good. Okay, yeah. so there we go. So that's where that's where Paris is established. Yeah. Um, I mean, it feels like he is going to try and do this, but once you know uh, her boyfriend's dead, well, now you're going to be in trouble. Good. Yeah, there's no. Oh, that's you can a, sorry. Do. I was getting mixed up with the song. Your boyfriend's dead, and your my boyfriend's dead, and you're going to be in trouble. Right. Hey, la da. If only you could sing that in German, that would be so good. <laughs> Once again, you studied languages. I wish I wish you'd come prepared. But yeah, now does she slap him or does she punch him? Does she she hits him? She slaps him. him. Yeah, that's right. Which again, hundred percent deserved. And he says that he says I, I deserve that. That's right. Uh, he says he loves her, and she says that she loves him like a little brother. Yeah. Now you might uh, go with that 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 would be a devastating thing for someone who is in love to hear. Mm-hmm. But because he lost his sister, yeah, this is someone telling him, "I love you like I'm your sister." Yeah. So in a way, he gets a sister back. Well, they certainly have had a brother sister relationship in in their their squabbling and their yeah, you know, and that's what their relationship is, and that's, that's a hole that's in his heart. Yeah, that simultaneous closening, sorry, simultaneous closeness and simultaneous squabbling. And this is where together. he gets uh, one of his uh, this final um, appearance of Hitler. And Hitler uh, comes in with a hole in his head, with blood coming out yeah, of his yeah, side. Yeah. This is Hitler who has committed suicide. Yes, right. And is uh, is furious with with Jojo, but saying, you know, no, you can still do this. You can still like turn her in. You yeah. can still, you know, be loyal to the Nazis. And that's where we get, you know, which is fuck you, Hitler. Yeah. And he he kicks Hitler yeah. and kicks him backwards out through a window. Now yeah. earlier we had had Hitler jumping out a window. Yes. Forwards had a little bit of that, mm-hmm. but this was uh, you know smashing out of the window, just like a full-on cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. And Hitler is now gone, and that was uh, that was the applause break in in my theater, and I haven't <laughs> seen that in a long time, where people just. Broke I don't think people. Cl- yeah, people didn't clap at mine. Uh, we we're we we're a very normally as normal a normal Canadian audience sedate, mm-hmm. sedate. sipping sipping on maple syrup and going. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Sip, 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 sip. I guess that was happening here as a not at all. And then folding up your uh, poutine containers, <laughs> making ready for the end of the movie. I just said a typical Canadian audience, not a stereotypical Canadian audience. Ah, uh, very good. So the two of them then go outside. Yeah. Uh, and that is where, yeah, sorry, this is where the slapping takes place. The mm-hmm. the Hitler yeah. confrontation is, uh, is first. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, they, uh, Jojo starts to dance. She starts to dance. Oh, does she dance first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then he says, "What do we do now?" Yeah, and she just starts to sway back and forth, and sort of just sort of dancing to nothing. Because this is how you fight. And then the music starts to come up, and it's David Bowie's "Heroes" with a German version, yeah, Hel- Helden. And uh, 
And then you start crying again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then roll roll the credits. And uh, annoyingly, the lights came up very soon in our theater. It's like, look, when you've got a sad <laughs> thing, we're all crying. Yeah. Give us give us a oh, little time. I give don't us know. a minute to just dab our eyes well, and you, not be all red faced. You think that, but goons. it seems like it seems like the audience itself jumps up faster than than you can. I mean, it's like everyone thinks there's like a rush to get out of the place. There's not every theater is leaving at the same time, people. Mm-hmm. Like if you just sit and watch the credits roll, then you know. Anyway, anyway, yes, it was. Uh, and also, you get to listen to the David Bowie song. Yeah, it's a, yeah, very nice soundtrack to this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it ends with it ends with a lot of heart. Uh, sure. And it ends ends with you know this is this is this is how you, how you fight back you, you dance your way and it's uh, you know it's a it's a it's a bold choice um, you know that might not work you know as a filmmaker you know uh, the audience might go well this was offensive <laughs> you know dancing with Anne Frank at the end mm-hmm, yeah. that's nice yeah. okay well what about uh, and you didn't really deal with the eh, but uh, no I thought it was uh, I thought it was very effective. And again, it's uh, the the blending of the humor with the heart, with the satire, with the uh, and such good acting, you know, mm. especially on like Sam Rockwell's part. But uh, the actor who played JoJo as well, like really good, yeah, really good, yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I really loved this movie. Yeah, I did, I did too. I've heard that it might be your favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see if uh, that new Star Wars film knocks it. Out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> don't think so i don't even think that's gonna be my favorite star wars thing of the of the the year (laughs) i think that one's gonna be called it's gonna be called um what do they call that oh backtracking that's what we should be called well that seems to be the case with most of these uh the aliens the terminator whatever it just goes like hey you know those movies that you didn't like didn't happen didn't happen the force backtracks let's get a time machine and everything's fine we'll find out though uh this is not a time travel uh machine uh, again, we've talked about in the past the kind of Martin Scorsese, uh, you know, worry about the auteur uh, mm-hmm. vanishing. I think yeah. this was definitely like uh, this. This film is Taiko Watiti start to finish. This is oh his, for sure. This is his vision. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. you know uh, fully fully presented. So, sure. Yeah. Stupid Fox Searchlight has now been closed down. <laughs> has it been closed down? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All the other projects were canceled. All right. By Disney when they took over uh, Fox. Because that's not what they wanted from Fox. Well, I'm glad that this one wasn't. Yeah, this one made, it was because it was okay. mostly finished. So, as this, all the things that were kind of in prep or in pre-production were all given the axe. It's too bad. It's too bad because you know, for whatever you can agree or disagree about the whole uh, Marvel movie part of it, but you know, just the reality of of cinema nowadays. It's so so expensive to go to see a movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. It's hard to justify going to a, a movie theater to see a movie like Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, like people. Are probably thinking that you know I could just see this at home in six months. In six months, and you know it'll be it'll be the same. Personally, I love to see a movie in the theater, and I'd rather see movies in the theater if I could. This one was a nice communal experience. It's always nice. A communal experience can't be beaten, and and yeah, when a movie, it's so nice to laugh with other people, and it's so nice to cry with other people. You know, like and be surprised and be surprised and share this experience. You know. And which is something that you won't be able to do at home, sitting watching it on Netflix while also and, looking at your phone. Looking at your phone, which is the worst part of it. Yeah, Quit where's, pe- your, where's your second screen? I don't. I don't watch. 
I don't look at my phone when I watch movies. I still, I still think people watch stuff at home and it's fine. You know, people, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, for me personally, I just, I cannot, even, I can't imagine doing that watching. Uh, Quite often, and this is taking a little bit of a tangent, when I go, when I do see a movie in a theater, uh, especially if it's like an art house theater, quite often the um, projection is not as good no. as it could be. Yeah. And and I think, well, I'm going to really see this uh, in crisp focus when it comes to video in, <laughs> uh, in six months. That's when I'm really going to see this. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's a little bit of a shame sometimes, you know. And uh, but uh, this was this was well worth seeing in the theater. Uh, I'm really looking forward to whatever uh, Taiko Watiti. I know he's got uh, some mainstream uh, stuff coming up. Uh, 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 but uh, to see, oh, he has another Thor movie or something. I think he's got something along mm. along those lines. Okay. I could, uh, I could that's take okay. A look. You don't have to look. I know I don't uh, have to look, and yet. What am I doing? What I was I when I was watching. I was thinking, oh, Scarlett Johansson, and I guess I guess they met doing those Marvel movies. And I went, oh, wait a second, she wasn't in any movie that he directed, but it's an interesting connection. So, oh well, everyone is. Uh, Sam Rockwell's in a Marvel movie. I know, I know, but uh, he's in the. But once yeah. again, he's not in a movie that that he's connected to at all. Yeah, Marvel has become Kevin Bacon. <laughs> everything, everything is. Uh, it's well. oh, oh, that's right. Uh, he was. Do, he's doing uh, Akira. That's right. That's, that's oh one really? Of his, uh, next that's, big. That's things. a weird one. That's right. Yeah, and also then he will be doing uh, Thor: uh, Love, Love and Thunder. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I, you know, it's obviously hard for actors to say no to those big gigantic paychecks that those movies or give you. He's got a love of those kind you of know, things and wants wants Sam, to do them. As I'm talking well about as Sam as Rockwell and people like that. You know, who have traditionally been, you know, kind of indie movie, smaller movie uh, doers. But when they when, wave, when was he a traditional smaller movie doer? Sam, Sam Rockwell? Rockwell. Yeah. Because well, I'm just thinking, so, he was the villain in Charlie's Angels. He's been doing these kind of things for quite a while. I guess, yeah. But that, even the Charlie's Angels, I guess that was a big thing. But it was kind of like a weird. I think thing. if they let him do his dance, he'll do a movie. Like if you say, like if you're allowed to dance a little yeah. bit, he'll 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 say yes. I'm just thinking Moon, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, he uh, goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Those uh, three three billboards outside Ebbing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could, you know, his career has been kind of his career has been sort of more on the more on the. I mean, I know he's in big. But he, I know he's taking a big paycheck, and that's those are what those movies are. I'm putting some money in my pocket so I can go do some stuff I want to do. Yeah, or he likes doing those as well. You never, you never know. Uh, he lets him do the Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I liked him. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look at his uh, other films here, but uh, what? Uh, it's all fine. He he, he acts. He does he does uh, fine things. He's been he's, in a lot of movies. He know. has been in more movies than you and I have. So what what are we going to do? Are we going to judge? <laughs> Holy cow! He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, he's, he's a, kind of he's a working actor. He's kind of Michael Caney, I guess, right now. He'll uh, he'll do the small. He'll do the big. He'll do the artsy. He'll do the fartsy. <laughs> and uh, he just likes to him. work. He just likes to work. Who doesn't? He was in Poltergeist, the remake. Yeah, he's a dad. All right, good for him. Sticking the money. Yeah, this is uh, not our place to talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, so you would recommend seeing this in a theater if uh, people could? Uh, well, I would recommend most movies in the theater, but I would so definitely recommend that people go see this movie as soon as they can. I assume that, that since they're listening to this spoiler episode, that they already have seen the movie. But uh, I hope you saw it in the theater and not just waited for it to come out at home. Because because I think, yeah, I think it's a film that uh, deserves that communal experience. It's definitely a film about humanity and it's... How great and terrible it can be, and and that's an important thing to share with other people. I agree. I was just looking here uh, that uh, he was in the movie uh, G Force, uh, which is about uh, guinea pigs who are super powered. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, he played a character called uh, Darwin in that. Mm. Uh, why I noticed that was because he was in the video game 
G-Force. And I was like, he can't have just been in the guinea pig video game. He must have actually been in the movie and yeah, they like, yeah. brought him in. And they did. So that's good. Okay, so. Oh, yes. at least he, it all for, look, works together. He played, like a puzzle. Yeah, he plays a good soldier in this. He yeah. plays a good guinea pig in other things. He's was he a guinea pig in that, in that movie? I would assume so, yeah. Not like a scientist working? Oh, you might be, uh, you might be correct about okay. that. I apologize. Right. I just assumed when I saw the name Darwin, that seems like the kind of thing that you would call mm, a guinea pig. Yeah, sure. Listen, was. we'll do a deep dive on G-Force yeah, later on. That's right. That's going to be our own separate podcast. Well, six or seven episodes on that alone, I think. Uh, if you want to hear more of this kind of uh, the rambling part, not the focused on the movie part, but the ramble rambles. Uh, that was also kind of rambly. What was? The, the movie part of it. That's true. But there was movie, there was information mm, throughout. Sure. Uh, whereas there was other things that just kind of went a little bit off the rails, but we're going to keep them in anyway, because... That's what we're doing. But if you want to hear just that, just the frosting, not any cake, uh, then you, uh, Sneaky Dragon might be for you. That's another podcast we do. And you can go in, uh, and listen to that uh, where you found uh, this one. Uh, or go to SneakyDragon.com, which is our website. All our episodes are there. Uh, you can also find this episode on there and then post underneath this episode if you want to post something. And uh, we don't usually read letters on the air, but we will read them and we do enjoy hearing from you. Uh, another way to reach us is uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Or on Twitter, uh, sneaky underscore dragon or sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Those are all ways of reaching us. And, uh, you know, and maybe suggest a movie for us to talk about in the future. That sort of thing. If you also, I'll tell you some other podcasts we've, we've done. All right. You want to listen to those real quick? All right. Let me just give you a rundown. We went through every Marx Brothers movie and we did that on a podcast called Full Marks. That's true. We went through every uh, volume of Tintin. And that was our, our Totally Tintin. And we went through, as we've spoken about the Beatles a little earlier here, every Beatles album song by song on Completely Beatles. Yeah. So if you want to hear Dave uh, talking more Beatles stuff, that is where you do that. And if you want to hear us really deep diving on Marx Brothers, that's where you do that as well. And if you want to uh, Tintin, we also talked about the Tintin movie. So there. That's also movie related. <laughs> yes. There. Have I, well, have I plugged everything? Except for Except our for. Patreon. Which, uh, that's how we uh, keep things going and pay for all the ohms and amps and uh, just... Uh, volts? Just, uh, the bolts. The I said whole, volts, but okay. Oh, volts and yeah. bolts. Yeah. You know, Both listen, if we didn't have the bolts holding this yeah. table together, sure. uh, we'd be doing this on the floor. Yeah. So uh, if you go to Patreon uh, and uh, then look up Sneaky Dragon, either on your app or on your uh, the website, uh, you can uh, throw us, you know, a buck or two a month, and we'll uh, keep doing this and our other podcasts. And so far, they're all free. Uh, so, hey, you got to go, ch- go check them out. There you go. I've done the, the thing where you do the thing. Now I've, I've said it. I'm not going to press you anymore. Thing. <laughs> I'm not going to call you up. No. And uh, and bother you at home. No salesperson yeah. will visit you if you uh, do this. That's my guarantee <laughs> to you. That's true. No salesperson. They'll visit us. They will visit us. Yeah. But that's just because we like salespeople. <laughs> we'll leave them into the basement. We put them into the cupboard with that person that we talked about a little earlier. And... Uh, <laughs> She's still and waiting. we're breeding them is what we're doing. It's, it's some people say it's unethical. Yeah, and we say, come on into the basement and let's talk about it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. This has been the Fan Splainers. Uh, we'll see you, baby, watching a movie. <laughs> Trying to do no copyrighted things. Yeah, I know it's hard. Yeah, thumbs high up. That's right. For save, certain... save me a middle seat near the near the front of the the second section of the theater. That's right. We'll see you by the golden topping.
Someday you'll meet someone special. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Who else tells you that? Everyone? Anyway, it's a stupid idea. You're stupid. Love is the strongest thing in the world.